1: My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. In last week's episode, Jessica had two questions and I didn't get the chance to get the second question answered about What she feels like is an increased and potentially unusually large amount of crying from her one-year-old. The second question today is about thumb sucking. From a toddler who has never been sucking his thumb before or even used a pacifier, but all of a sudden started and seems to do it quite frequently, and mom wants to know how to handle it. So, first, the second part of Jessica's question from last week. Jessica says, I love your podcast and have been listening for about a year now. Great job with all the work that you do. I had a question about my 12-month-old daughter, Rose. She seems to cry anytime that either one of us has to put her down from holding her, when she has to get her diaper or her clothes changed, and when she's sitting in the high chair after she is done eating her food. We have tried to ignore the behavior, and that does seem to help her stop crying sooner, but that doesn't always work, and sometimes that escalates the crying behavior. It can get frustrating at times because when I'm trying to get things done around the house, she crawls over to my leg and grips onto me to pick her up. What should I do to minimize the crying and help stop the whining anytime I put her down? Also, When she's in the high chair and done eating, she cries and is impatient to get down. However, my husband and I usually haven't had the chance to finish enjoying our meal yet and would like her to sit in her high chair at the table patiently while we finish our dinner. How can we accomplish this and is it realistic for a 12-month-old to be able to sit patiently in her high chair while we eat? She does go to daycare full-time, and does not behave this way there because her teacher always tells me that she's very independent and is very happy, smiling and playing with toys. So, okay, Jessica, let's get into this. When it comes to comforting and crying an infant or toddler in cases like these where they're seeking comfort, not for a cookie or a toy at the store or those types of instances, but in times of looking for comfort, which really appears to be the case with Rose, is to do everything we can to accommodate this, especially during the daytime waking hours. Now, and because she's at preschool all day, she may be feeling a little more need to connect with you in the evenings and when she is home. Now I know this can be really frustrating when we're just trying to get dinner on the table or a load of laundry into the washer and so I say to do the best you can and within reason. Meaning, if you're just about to start the laundry and it'll take 30 seconds, then get it started and then pick her up. Now, toddlers can go through periods of independence and neediness. They are really trying to balance the need for security with their budding independence. So, depending on the child, you may see some swings back and forth for some time. Sometimes, things like teething and other developmental spurts or changes, things like changes in schedule or life circumstances, like a new sibling, a move, etc., will also cause the shift or swing from trying to be super independent to wanting and needing more attention. So what I strongly recommend is to find a carrier that you like and is designed for her age and up. Now there are carriers that can accommodate two and even three year olds. So I would go to the local store where they carry a wide range of carriers and where you can get assistance trying them on, getting some assistance and some input trying them out with your daughter in it, and then getting recommendations based on her size and what feels most comfortable for your body type. It's what we call baby wearing. And even though she soon will not be much of a baby, but it allows your child, your toddler, or an infant when they're infants to be close to you, to feel you. And it's actually amazing for their development because they see what you're doing. And especially if you use what we call a running commentary, this is huge for building language skills. So what this means, is as you're going about your day you're doing laundry dishes cooking you talk about it you talk about what you're doing and what you're seeing now i'm turning on the water now we're going to rinse the plates one at a time let's put the soap into the washing machine this all builds vocabulary now do the best you can to wear her when she wants to be held this way you can still get things done and she gets the closeness that she needs It will also build her confidence and helps maintain and build the attachment that she's seeking at that time, which is so important and crucial for her development and for your relationship. Now, if she's feeling heavy, your back is hurting and you just need to get dinner on the table, do what you need to do. But also wearing her around when you can will make her feel less needy. And when you really need to get something done and wearing her is not an option, she'll handle it much better. As soon as she feels more secure, she'll start wanting and needing to be held less often again. She may revert back and forth again during the times that she's feeling uncertain or not feeling well, like with the teething or those types of things, or maybe a switch at preschool into a different room. She may go back and forth, and this is very common. The other thing to keep in mind with the needy behavior is that it really doesn't last forever. The thing I tell a lot of parents on those days when you're tired and you don't have much energy for holding and snuggling and carrying for extended periods of time is to remind yourself that it really won't last long. She won't go off to college wanting to be held. But seriously though, I know I've shared this before, but our oldest was a very high needs baby. I literally could not him down without him crying. I had to carry him everywhere. If we went in the car, he would scream his head off in the back seat the entire drive. So needless to say, I didn't leave the house much when he was a baby, except when I had to go for doctor's appointments or something. But he's super independent and has been for some time. He loves the opportunity to stay home if I run errands and take on He loves the opportunity to stay home if I go run an errand. And he takes on a lot of responsibility around the house and with his schoolwork. So this is by no means an indication that she will continue to be needy for years to come. If she gets what she needs now, it will give her the security she needs to flourish in her independence when she's ready. Now, as far as the mealtime, yes, toddlers have zero capacity to understand the needs of others. They have what we call age-appropriate narcissism. What this means is that their own sense of self has just started to develop. So their world really revolves around their own needs and wants and desires. It isn't until around the age of three that they begin to understand the other that other people have needs that may be different from their own. This is the beginning of the development at empathy. Again, starts right around age three. So that's why around age two, as this sense of self is developing more and more, you hear a lot of me and my and mine. This doesn't mean they get to be complete terrors and get everything they want every moment they want it. We set the boundaries around what we feel is appropriate, like no cookie before dinner, bedtime is bedtime, no throwing toys, no hitting, those types of things. But expecting them to understand that we have needs, that we aren't finished eating is beyond their comprehension. So. Expecting them to wait patiently at the table is something we can't start to work on until around the age of three to three and a half. And even then we'll work on it in steps. Having them stay at the table for an extra five minutes and then an extra 10 minutes. And by the age of three and a half to four, they should be able to stay at the table and wait for everyone to finish eating. So at this age, just allow her to get down when she's done. This may mean she wants to crawl up in someone's lap while you finish. It's a good idea to go ahead and let her do that. But if you're wearing her around during other times during the day or during the evening while you're prepping food or doing some laundry or doing other types of household chores, she may not need to sit on someone's lap after dinner as often and may be happy to go off and play as well. So see how that goes. Now last week, I know I also touched on schedules and sticking to a schedule as much as possible and how this could possibly relate to the crying as well. This can be another reason that toddlers and babies go through periods of frequent crying when they're overtired and overhungry. So keep this in mind and see if your child might be crying more due to these reasons. Now, these are pretty easy to pinpoint overtired as a child who is rubbing their eyes, a glassy look, and you can definitely spot that tired cry when you hear it. So make sure you're sticking to nap times, bedtimes, meals, and snacks as much as possible to eliminate the crying due to these issues. Next, I will answer a nudes question about how to deal with thumb sucking as soon as we return after a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world using the latest in breast milk science, Parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from the arts. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boy's DuraClean interior paint and primer in one offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Now that we're back from the break, here is a nude's question about dealing with thumb sucking. Dear Erin, thank you so much for providing us with convenient valuable content. I listen to your podcast every day when I'm at the gym. I learned from your 20-minute talks more than a bookshelf filled with parenting books. Thank you, Anude. That is really nice to hear. Today I'm writing to you about a concern that I have with my 18-month little boy. Around a week ago, we started noticing that he's sucking his thumb. He didn't used to suck his thumb when he was a baby, and he was breastfed for 15 months so he didn't use bottles and never liked pacifiers. He sucks his thumb now all the time when he's playing, reading, and sleeping, and he gets upset when I remove his finger out of his mouth and starts crying. He goes to daycare five days a week, so I asked his teacher about his behavior. She explained that he might be imitating another kid in the class that is sucking his thumb. I'm not sure how to deal with this sudden behavior as I thought we were over and behind this stage. I'm really desperate and confused about how to get him out of it without affecting him emotionally. Thanks again, Anude. So this is a great question, and it's a brand new one that no one has asked before. So let's talk about thumb sucking. Sometimes toddlers will start sucking their thumbs even if they never did it before. The common reason for this is for comfort. Another reason is when they're tired. So he's most likely sucking his thumb for one or both of these reasons at at different times. Now, about 85 to 99% of children stop sucking their thumb on their own long before the time when the American Dental Association considers it to be a potential issue. Thumb sucking does not cause permanent problems with teeth or jawline development unless it continues past the ages of four to five years old. Now, truth be told that the more you try to stop it, the more attention it brings to it, and the more likely he's going to want to suck his thumb. It's like being told not to eat the chocolate cake and having it right there. Not just in the house, but in your hand constantly. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I could avoid that temptation. And studies do show that the more battle that has ensued over thumb sucking earlier, the later children tend to suck their thumbs. By later, we mean into later years, four and five. So since children have control of their own thumbs 24/7, when parents aren't looking, or parents aren't around, pressure against thumb sucking can turn a developmental phase into an ingrained habit. So what can you do? You can try this. You can create an environment where he chooses to stop on his own by distracting him. When you notice his thumb in his mouth, you can choose an activity that he needs both hands to engage in. You won't be able to do this at bedtime or while you're reading to him or while he's at school. But you can do it, some, throughout the day or evening when you are together. You can pull out things like blocks and have him stack blocks, playing with cars or trucks, anything where he needs to move about and use the trunk of his body for balance and therefore the arms and will distract him from sucking, things like rolling the ball back and forth, tossing the ball, finger painting, physical games like jumping from one spot to another, getting outside and climbing on a jungle gym or in the park. These can all be great distractions. Now to add a personal story, I did suck my thumb fairly late. Now I don't remember when I started or if I did it from infancy on, but I remember being in daycare and I only did it at nap time or when I needed extra comforting. Now my daycare lady was a bit on the grouchy side. Now I'm not saying that that's the case at all with your daycare. They're probably really nice people. Mine just happened to be a little grumpy and sometimes I needed some comfort. Now I was four and this was how I still comforted myself at four years old. Anyway, she used to put pepper on my thumb. Well, I liked pepper or I learned to like pepper. I would simply suck it off and then keep on sucking my thumb. So it did nothing. It wasn't even a road bump. Now one day my thumb just stopped feeling comfortable in my mouth and I stopped and never did it again. But this illustrated another point and that's using the bad tasting things doesn't usually work either as we can develop a taste for almost anything if we want the result bad enough and it could just ingrain the habit even more. It's just another way of bringing attention to it in order to try to stop the thumb sucking. So I would just work to minimize it when you're all together by engaging him in those activities that he needs two or more hands. And when you aren't in a position to do that, simply ignore it and it will dissipate much sooner than it will by bringing the attention to it. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right?